Hey guys, just a quick note before the interview with Michelle Sponigle. We actually recorded this a couple weeks before Janet Wright passed away, so there's no mention of it in this episode, and we haven't had time to address it on the regular show yet, but we will soon. Uh, for now, please enjoy this interview. Thanks. Welcome back to Geekish Cast, Corner Gas Fancast, special interview number four, author Michelle, Michelle Sponigle. Well, that was easy for me to say. Now you messed up her first name. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy, joined by Jules. Hi, guys. And joining us today is Michelle Sponigle, author of Tales from Dog River, Dog River Confidential, and, I mean, other stuff. <laughs> Those are the two that are uh, relevant at the moment. But how you doing, Michelle? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. It's um, uh, quite a pleasure to get to talk to you. We go through your books on a nearly weekly basis as we watch episodes and then get our facts about Canada wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. Ha- they are quite crammed with facts. That's for sure. There is, yeah, they're very dense. That's that yeah. is the case, very much so. Yeah. So, um, if I am correct, your your writing background is more in like lifestyle and travel, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I, I spent a long time writing about television for the Globe and Mail and another magazine called TV Times. So I'm uh, a rabid TV watcher and still am. Oh, okay. Well, that mm-hmm. would, that would certainly uh, show how you got into this. What was um what was like one of your first shows that you got hooked on? Oh, you mean like forever, like when I was a little kid? Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, Romper Room was a good time. Oh, God, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Jeremy, I see Michelle, <laughs> magic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brady Bunch, um, loved Kojak, I watched Beretta, okay. all those kinds of shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was hooked. Early. So, yeah, so that tells me we're all about the same age, too, then. <laughs> yes, 30, around 30. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say late 20s, probably. Late 20s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mid-20s, yeah. even. Yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe maybe if we started early. <laughs> you, uh, you a sci-fi person and all? The reason I ask that is Corner Gas definitely has its sci-fi and comic book geekiness to it. It's It sure does, and that comes from uh, its creator, Brent Butt. Mm-hmm. He loves his comic books, and he got uh, Fred into it as well. So, yeah, and a lot of the writers were into comic books as well and sci-fi, so you see that coming through in the episodes. That was actually one of the things that shocked me when we interviewed Lauren Cardinal. Mm-hmm. I expected him to be more like Davis, and it, Lauren's a cool guy and everything, but, man, he doesn't have a geeky bone in his body, though. No, no. I mean, some of them are very opposite to what their character is on the show. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Some are pretty pretty much the same. That's kind of funny. So <laughs> how how did the idea to write books about Corner Gas come about? Well, I was definitely a fan of the show. And as a journalist, I kept getting these press releases from the network, CTV, mm-hmm. about how many people were watching these shows. And I was really stunned by the, the huge audiences it was getting. And then, you know, you hear news about it being picked up around with uh, networks around the world and also in the, in the U.S. 
Um, so it just seemed like there was a great audience there who was interested in exactly the same things I was. So luckily I did have a contact at CTV and I just casually one day said, you know, somebody should really do a book about this show. There's so much there and there's so much love for it. Um, somebody should really do a book. He says, well, why, why don't you do it? You're a writer. I went, oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I put together a proposal and then got the backing of CTV and the producers of the show gave their blessing and we had a publisher in a nanosecond because it was supported by the network and the producers and off I went. I did a very intense two months, um, spending time in Regina and, and Rolo and interviewing all the cast and the writers and the makeup people and it was a it was a good time. That does sound like a blast. I want to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I. You sent me an email Monday morning about them tearing down the ruby and the and the corner gas. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We had really hoped to get up there before something like that had happened, and now we can't. So this no. is, We are what six or seven days after the buildings were torn down. I know it's been a monumental week in so many ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. What I've heard, though, is that they're going to take some of the pieces from the set and put it in a museum in Regina, uh, including Hank's truck and I think some bits from the the Ruby. So okay. that'll be good. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry. Uh, Jewel said nice while you were saying that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll it'll be great for fans to have that. And they're launching a walking tour next year of Rolo with some of those iconic sites that you see on the show all the time, like. Uh, you know, Oscar's house and the, uh, you know, the, the rink where they went curling in one episode, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is something we still may look at having to do next summer. Curling? Not curling. Go to, go to Rolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty small. It's pretty well, small. So but... I, I've said it a few times. We talked about going a little while back, but the way the trip was presented to me, it sounded like we'd take a 45-hour flight to somewhere and then a, uh, a two-and-a-half-day buggy ride to get out there. And then I've been told it's only 45 minutes from Regina, so I was probably wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. Wow. Regina's, you know, it's pretty easy hop. It's a good airport, and the roads are great in, in Saskatchewan because, as you know, um, it's very flat there, and you can see the cops for miles and miles, so it's a really great place to speed. Not that I abdicate that, but I might have sped a little bit um, to and from Rolo from Regina. Well, you, nobody can sneak up on you unless the bush is out and there's a car behind it, right? Yeah, and sadly that surveillance bush, I looked for it, but it, it wasn't there. Uh, now that was, if I remember right, that was a prop bush too. Yes, it was. Yeah, because yeah, there's there are no bushes out there. <laughs> right. I, I heard that in a little book called uh, Tales from Dog River. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great book. That's a great book. Yeah, yeah. Must been somebody really smart about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, we we reference your book weekly because we'll go through if we've got nothing else to say, we'll at least pull out the um, the coffee, the cups of coffee, and the amount of times Jackass has said. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I miss that. I miss hearing that on TV. There's not a lot of characters that say jackass, and certainly if they did, they wouldn't say it with the same flair that Oscar yeah. did. Right, he, right. he really did add something to that word with his delivery. He really did, because he almost spat it out in some scenes. You know? Yeah, um, but the funniest thing is Eric is just one of the sweetest people I've ever met. 
in the in the entertainment business. And yet he's so surly as Oscar, so I guess that goes down to great acting. Yeah, it really is a tremendous actor. Um, he's been in Canadian television and theater for a very long time, and he really is um, a really gifted actor that we all admire. And it's strange to me because he is really in Canadian productions and very few American ones, whereas most of the cast of Corner Gas, at least of the main eight characters, you bump into an American television all throughout the 90s at least. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. And Glenn certainly, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Street Legal, Eric was in that one uh, for a long time. And actually, I was an extra on Street Legal. So Eric and I crossed paths way before Corner Gas. Oh, wow. Which is <laughs> kind of strange. I don't think Street Legal ever aired in the States, at least not that I could find, though. No, no. Yeah. But um, that's why, like, Eric, he's it's kind of hard to track down his work except for Corner Gas when you're in the States. Uh, yeah, yeah. And see, we're kind of, what do you call that, proselytizers for Corner Gas in America? Kind of, well, yeah. For about nine years now, I, I've threatened actual physical violence if people don't try it out. <laughs> I'm surprised though. I mean, there's it's so Canadian that show, and there's so many Canadian references that um, I wasn't sure if, if Americans would really get some of the humor. Well, you and know so- what's what's funny is we've been watching the show since 2007 or 2008, mm-hmm. and I mean, and when we watch it, I mean, we watch you know we'll put five episodes back to back. You know, we watch like a Star Trek fan would watch, you know, mm-hmm. and. There's a lot of stuff in there that's funny in general, but recently we started having Canadians come on when we do the watch-throughs with a commentary track that we put together. We'll have a Canadian come on, and then there's like 15 jokes we didn't even realize were in there. Yeah. Like, we yeah. didn't realize they were jokes at all. Right, or even some of the guest stars. They wouldn't mean much to Americans, but as right. Canadians, well, I know who that is. Right, there is that, but but there's some cases where we still know who they are. Colin Mockery. But, he's, well, everybody but he's in Cole everything. Walker, he's in everything. Yeah, the, the premiere of Saskatchewan, Brad Wall was on. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian Clarkson, our uh, lieutenant government, governor. And uh, we even had uh, Dog and his wife, Beth, on one episode, as you might recall. Oh, yeah, but they're, I mean, they're, they were ubiquitous on American television at that point. Oh, yeah, everybody yeah. knew them. So, they, you know, they did a nice mix of people really well-known and then not known at all yeah but very often when you do have the the canadian people on on that show they would say who they were which was kind of nice for those of us and then we'd go look them up yeah oh that's right right yeah yeah except i don't think i knew Kiefer sutherland was uh from saskatchewan no what no yeah he's yeah yeah he's a a prairie boy yeah, I did not know that. Or that Oscar had had an affair with his mother. Both of those things were new to me. <laughs> so yeah. I, for me, um, for ages that he's like a young Trudeau. Yes. To me, was like um, Doonesbury. Oh, he must be talking about Gary Trudeau, and he's very witty or smart. I, I think so, yeah. yeah. And now I get it, but at the time, I didn't. Yeah. yeah he doesn't look like our Trude- our current Trudeau at all. No, no. <laughs> no. Well, don't tell him that. But, but see, we didn't even know that there was an original Trudeau until no, the new Trudeau came along. 
Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was very influential. Oh, yeah. Well, see, now we're getting some sense of that, and um, even kind of wishing we had our own Trudeau at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Borrow your Trudeau. No, we're keeping them. (laughs) You can keep your King Cheetos. (laughs) I'm afraid we have to for at least four years, because here's the thing. If he resigns, then we got Mike Pence. Yeah, who's worse? And he's a little... Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, that's enough of that. So, anyhow, when you're not writing about uh, Dog River, what do you actually like to write about? What's something that really excites you? Um, I really love to travel, so I globetrot quite a bit. I've been to about 75 countries now, and then I write about my experiences for various media outlets and oh my god i want your job it's like, it's I, mostly yeah. fun yeah if you don't mind jet lag and really early morning flights and you know i okay. it's usually at the invitation of a destination so they run you ragged pretty much from morning to night trying to pack it all in so it's a very unnatural way to travel but it's still pretty amazing yeah but great if you like to travel, it would still be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it gets a bit exhausting, and there's different expectations around travel writers that didn't exist before. Um, like, they expect us to be tweeting and doing Instagram during the whole trip. So we're always on our phones, you know, right. uh, doing social media. And that was, that's not the way it was even 10 years ago, but it, it's part of the expectation of accepting an invitation to go on these trips. So right. you get to enjoy it less because you're fussing with your phone more. Mm-hmm. You're at working. At the best of your clients, yeah. And you're doing interviews. You're doing site tours of hotels and things like that. Um, but you know what? Nobody's going to feel sorry for me. And I know yeah. that. <laughs> That's okay. Well, no, but it was it was it PJ O'Rourke who just in the last couple of years said, you know, 15 years ago I was a writer. Now I'm just a content creator. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that that feeling, or um, some of my colleagues call themselves journalists, right? Because we're just churning it out. Journalist. Well, you know, and that's one of those things that I mean, not to keep talking about the American election. One of the things that just became apparent this week is that from back when the news bureaus fired all the local uh, and small bureaus, now nobody had any idea what was going on in small towns because people didn't spend enough money on journalism anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is, is that something you guys run into up in Canada, do you think? Was there a major cutback on people spending on journalists? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, indeed. And then we have citizen journalism, right, where everybody's a news gatherer. I mean, oh, which yeah. is right. been good in some ways and very bad in some ways. I mean, I went to school for journalism, and I, I you know, know how to edit and edit content the way it should be edited that makes sense, and that's also in keeping with libel laws and things like that. And now it's just kind of the Wild West where anything yeah. goes. Yeah, Quality goes down and there's a free-for-all, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to ha- having, you know, submitting my work to an editor who looks at it and then an independent fact-checker goes over it to make sure everything I have said is correct, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, anybody with a computer can be a, a journalist these days. Well, that's got to have, like, a small J and quotation marks around it, though. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between writers and journalists. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's even like I, uh, friends of mine who uh, were film editors and writers who have come on my podcast, one of them pulled me aside and said to me, he goes, you know, I was afraid when you said you wanted to do this because most podcasters just yak and that's it. And so that was like one of those spots where I was like, yeah, I, I tried to take my cues more from somebody that actually like ask questions. Right. So, while I have no training, it's something I try to stay conscious of as I'm doing this. Yeah, as long as you have fun with it. I mean, you're not pretending to be, you know, Tom Brokaw or somebody, you know, that's, that's totally no, fine. I mean, no, there's room for everybody. But I think I have a better voice than Tom Brokaw. I think so. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And Tom Brokaw wears cute. pants when he podcasts. Right, right. I don't have to wear pants when I podcast because I don't have a camera. Oh, that's TMI. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Sorry. I hope I didn't annoy everybody down at the internet. <laughs> oh. Oh. So out of all the places you've been, do you have a, a favorite location that you like to travel to? Um, I have a few different ones. Um, if I had to choose another country mm-hmm. in which to live, if I was forced to leave Canada for some reason, um, I would definitely live in New Zealand. Really? Uh, yeah, it's a stunningly beautiful country, and Canadians and Kiwis are very like-minded. We have the same sense of humor. We're used to being next to the big guy next door. Um, Canadians hate being called Americans, and Kiwis hate to be called Australians. Um, so we, we kind of get it. Yeah, but it's weird because they sound so much alike, and they kind of made their flags look similar, didn't they? Yeah, they should have never done that. They, they, they need totally different accents. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, even if they just hired, like, a vocal coach to change a few things, it would probably mm-hmm. help. Or maybe even a marketing person. Yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah. time. But, yeah, definitely uh, New Zealand was one of my favorites. And, and last December I went to uh, Myanmar. Um, on a river cruise, which was absolutely spectacular, because it's a country that's been untouched by time. Really? And the really, really lovely. It was fantastic. And then how about in the uh, in this hemisphere here, or North America specifically, do you have favorite locations in Canada and the States? Um, you know, funny enough, I really do love Saskatchewan. I uh, developed a love for it when I was out there researching the book, and I just came back from there maybe a month or so ago, uh, spent some time in Regina and Saskatoon, which is really becoming a great foodie destination. It's quite fantastic with distillers and brewers and really innovative restaurants. Um, so, And I, I love the sunsets. The sunsets out in the prairies are like unlike anything. You know, I mean, Maui's pretty good, too. Don't get me wrong. Um and in your neck of the woods, I really like Palm Springs. Okay, yeah. See, we're we're we don't travel very far, so we're really partial to the Monterey Bay. And I have not been there. Well, just the Monterey Bay in general, but Santa Cruz in that area. It's uh, Zorro yeah. used to live there a long time ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, I love the weather in California. That's for sure, and I love the desert. Hey, so when um, when you started on your first Dog River book, they were only yeah. up to, what, season three or four on that, right? Uh, yeah, it was, I think they were just starting four when I was writing. Do you have a favorite season or period uh, of the show that, you know, there's like a, a block of episodes or season that you like best? Oh, gosh. I don't think I can pick one season. I mean, 
the first season was pretty special because everything was new and you were getting to know the characters and you know, season two, they kind of found their groove with the characters I found. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even some of the later seasons, you know, I love um, Get the F Off My Lawn. It's one of my favorite episodes. That That is a pretty good one. I do like that one. It, it is right on that edge, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, they, they did it beautifully. One of the things I always come back to is I think the writing was it, the writing itself was its sharpest in that first season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it seems to me like their their wordplay was a little bit tighter. Uh, the characters weren't so concrete that they could still play with them a little bit. But my yeah. favorite episodes all seem to be in season three. Season three? Oh, anyone in particular? Like the telescope episode's great. Yeah. Um, the Lego episode, Block Party, I like that one. That was definitely a good one. Yeah, uh... Mary Gaspins, which is, it's a weird episode, but I still like it, but I can't watch it a whole lot. But some of the things they do, like having a trans farmer robot, I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, the hair loss, I mean, just like a lot of the episodes in there. Was it, was this the one with Hank having the good hair day? Is that a I hair? love the good hair day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not thinking back at season one. Season one had some weirdness between, you know, Brent, um, Brent and Lacey were, yeah, you know, kind of still romantic and will they, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, I can't forget, but Littlest Yarbo and Mail Fraud are two of my absolute favorite episodes of the show, and they're both season three. Yeah, I, I agree on those. Those are yeah. very strong episodes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not to break off your chain of thought there, when we first watched the show, I was actually relieved when they ended the weird flirtation between Brent and Lacey. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of happy they didn't continue that. Um, But one of the things that, like, Jules keeps coming back to, well, you want to say what you don't like about the first part of season two with the hot Brent and... Oh, no, I, I think it's a funny episode and a good way to end that whole... Will they, won't they? I I kind of wish they had carried through the hot Brent. Like, that could have been a, a continued running joke. Yeah. Right. And right. I know they didn't do a lot of that. There was a lot of everything was kind of self-contained. But that would have been funny to me. Do you remember Karen and Hank were kind of getting a little oh, friendly? Well, that's, that's a whole... Let, that's, no, I but, but, that. but I want somebody else's opinion here. Do you think, did those characters sleep together that episode? No, never. Nobody did that nasty stuff in Dog River. Well, in season Ever. one they did, and at least at least Emma and Oscar did at least once. Well, you think they did. Yeah. I think My just... mother stopped watching this show because of the, the sexy Hank episode, as it's now referred to. It was what? too much for her, so... Yeah, it was, it was a little too racy. Yeah, us, us Canadians can be kind of racy sometimes. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, we have two pet theories here, and I'll say both of ours, and you can tell me what you think of them. We both believe that Karen and Hank slept together that episode, but mm-hmm. we also think Tanner is Hank's son. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a listener who thinks that throughout the show, 
Wanda and Hank have an on-again, off-again secret relationship. And she actually pointed out some things that kind of back it up. <laughs> I, I just can't see it because Wanda's such a smart ass mm-hmm. and she's a, such yeah. an intellectual. And Hank's Hank's. Hank's the simple guy. I mean, right. he's something, something shiny and he's happy. Exactly. But that's why he would put up with an abusive relationship on again, off again from Wanda. And that's why she would hide it. And that's why she would hide it. Okay, wait. I see where you're going with this. So, Nancy, is she as Wanda is, or is she playing against type? Um, I think there's some definite similarities there. I mean, she's sharp as a tack, for sure. She's got a super dry sense of humor. She can crack up a room like nobody's business. Um, But I, I think that's where the similarities end. Okay. No. Even, she is um, actually my favorite character. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm an Oscar and, and Hank fan. Yeah, they're <laughs> great. I like Oscar and um, Davis when they're together very often too. I think they're funny. Mm, they work really well together. Yeah. And uh, so, do you have a favorite character from the show? Hank and Oscar. Uh, well, no, no, like a specific, like a one. I mean, I know you like that, the two, but is there a favorite out of those? If I had to pick? Yes. Who would I have for dinner? Um, I think Fred. Okay. Yeah, I think Hank. Um, just, I love that kind of dim-witted, charming, you know, simplistic view of life of his. You know, he's always sort of a, a glass half full kind of guy. And that, I think that's really appealing. Sure. I can totally see that. Who and he wears gonna- a... Who would have went in a fight, a werewolf or a robot? <laughs> um, I go for the robot. Go for the robot? Yeah. I think we all win. <laughs> That's to, to turn a <laughs> phrase. That's Absolutely. very diplomatic. Yeah. Um, and then how, do you have an all-time favorite episode of the show? Yeah, I get the F off my lawn, I think. Ah, that's a pretty God, strong I love that one. one. We just saw that yep, two nights ago. Well, we were looking for great, great Fitzy episodes. That's right. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, the episode with the speed bump. Oh, the speed where bump. Where the whole the town bump. got freaked out about the speed bump they were putting in yeah. down, on, in the main part of town. Because Lacey uh, just think, can't fit in. <laughs> yeah, I think because I live in a small town now, so I see similarities now that I didn't see before when I was writing the book. I lived in Toronto when I wrote the book. Uh, and now that I'm in a town of 13,000 people, I see how easily people get rankled over the smallest things, um, including putting in a, a brand new um, stoplight in town. People got really upset about it. It's like, we don't need that. We're not Toronto. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now I really see the truth in that episode coming out. Yeah, that's good stuff. So, Michelle, what are you working on these days? Um, it's a mixed bag for sure. A lot of, uh, digital content. I do project management for the Globe and Mail. Um, you know, toying around with some book ideas again. I mean, I just, I did a cookbook about a year ago. Um, was a ghostwriter on something called goodness recipes and stories. And it's always fun to write about food. That's something I like to do. Yeah. Um, and definitely more travel pieces coming. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I definitely am a big food and drink kind of guy. 
And by big, I mean I'm probably 30 pounds overweight right now. But, you know, <laughs> why point that out <laughs> if I don't have to? <laughs> as long as you're happy and healthy. Exactly. So I guess the thing to end up on is um, the movie. What did you think of it? And do you think we'll ever see more from Dog River? Mm. Yeah, I thought the movie was good. I miss the tightness of the episodes. Mm-hmm. They were just bang, 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 joke, 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 you know, really good pacing. And the movie kind of felt a bit foreign to me. Right. No? I mean, but it was... It, it was, definitely it was had to stretch its arms a little bit more to fill the time. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was so great to see the characters back. I mean, it was just great to see them on screen. Because you miss them, you know? You're watching Corner Gas all the time and then repeats, and, you know, it really becomes part of your life. And you miss those characters. You want to know what they're up to. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things, like, the most recent time that we watched it, I noticed how many callbacks were to jokes from the show that I didn't notice the first time out. Like, mm-hmm. the, the whole movie is almost all callbacks, except for a few things here and there. Um, but I feel like they made it for the fans. Yes, so they absolutely So that's as did. it should be. Yeah. And then one of the things was when um, they were talking about how they were tearing down the building since they built them on a bog, a listener listener sent me a Facebook message and said, wouldn't that make a great second movie? And I was thinking, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it kind of would, wouldn't it? Yeah, the resurrection of of Dog River. Yeah. You could do the whole thing where they save the town, and then at the end everything just sinks into the bog. (laughs) Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think there'll be another movie. I think that was the swan song. I think that was the the cherry on the sunday. Well, uh, yeah, I'm okay with it if it is, but I'm also okay if it's not. Yeah. I'll be there if it's not, but yeah, I uh, it's a fair ending. Yeah. And then in a few but, years American television will bring it back with a whole new cast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The British version will be, you know, maybe the Chinese version. You know, why not? Well, that's the one really cool thing about Corner Gas, though. That would work in any small town in any country, really. It sure would. You know, that's what really made the show so successful, is everybody knows somebody like those characters. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, the grumpy old guy. Oh, yeah, I married that one. (laughs) Yeah. And those things are universal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely a, a, a Canadian show, and it doesn't hide that. But it's those themes are universal, and the people, things that people go through and experience and say to each other, and the relationships, those are all international. Absolutely, I, I think that, and that definitely shows through. And I think that's even though it is such a Canadian show, that's why we could identify with it so much because, yeah, it's very specific in a way, but it's also very universal at the same time. Yeah. Yep, they did a great job. I'm really sorry it's gone. Yeah, now I'm getting sad all over again. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Now I got got two things to be sad about this week. (laughs) Oh, jeez. That's okay, honey. We can go put on some corner gas, and you've got hours. Yeah, I'll just go rewatch it from the beginning, and I'll be fine. (laughs) Nothing bad happens in Dog River. Yep. All right, well, we are coming up on time. Michelle, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. No problem. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm really sorry the dogs for being such a handful tonight. They're usually a little better behaved. 
That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But um, if people want to check you out, is there a place online? Um, I mean, we definitely want to plug your two books that, you know, that are Corner Gas related, Dog River Confidential and Tales from Dog River. But um, is there another, another couple things you'd like to put out there for people to check out? Um, they can catch me on Instagram. They can keep up with my travels and what I'm eating. Okay. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and then Twitter as well. All right. You want I'm to very easy to find. What, what's your uh, What's your name on those two? Uh, M Sponigal for Twitter and Michelle underscore Sponigal for Instagram. Yeah, you could not make that easier to find. I don't think really. really. Yeah. I already followed you on Twitter, but I'll do the Instagram when we get off here. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. good. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for uh, catching us at cornergasonline.com or geekishgas.com, and uh, we should be back next week with a regular commentary episode for Season 2, Episode 2. We'll see you all then. Bye.